0: my crafty friends and welcome to ACB Crafters where we learn and teach each other in order to make crafting accessible to the blind and visually impaired. We hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning and
1: good
2: afternoon everyone. I hope you had a wonderful holiday and I'm very excited to be teaching everyone about some sewing and sewing machines. Um, kind of what I would like to cover in this is the real basic beginner um, things that are involved with the sewing machine and sewing. So I know a lot of people have experience with other things or may not, but be patient because I want to start from the very beginning. I'll give you a little quick uh, uh, biography. I, I actually did study fashion design. I have a degree from the Fashion Institute of Los Angeles, and I've worked in the industry for many years doing textile design, clothing, and uh, wedding dresses, all that really fun stuff, movies, and theater. So my specialty has a lot to do with clothing. I have done some smaller things with accessories and quilting. So if you have very specific quilting questions, um, and we have to do research or help with that. Um, But today it's the sewing machine. And what I'd like to start with is a little comparison on how sewing machines are in the sense that i would hope everyone knows what a shoe is and since shoes come in so many different sizes and shapes and cost points you can get a three dollar you know slipper for the beach or you can spend you know, thousands of dollars on a very expensive shoe. And I feel like a sewing machine, what you want is something in the middle, like a comfortable tennis shoe. They all basically go on your feet and with the sewing machine, they will sew, but it's the features that make it different. And so the basic uh, items and, Uh, anatomy of a machine will be the same no matter what type of machine. And if I say something that you don't have on your machine or you can't find, it just may be in a different place or it's just not included. So don't worry too much about it. so well, let's start with the bottom of the machine on the right side. And you will need to get power and turn on the machine. And most of machines have a cord that is separate. So, so from the power button Um, usually it's a switch just like a light switch or some go to the left and the right some you push down Um, the older machines it's a it's a round metal looks like a pin that you push down so it really depends on your machine that you have On uh, which direction it would go to the right or the left, up or down, or you know, push down into it. And I would try and find the switch before you actually plug in your machine, is to feel around for it and just try it out. From that uh, part, you will also have a foot pedal. And this particular Uh, piece of the machine goes on the floor and you would use that to control the speed, the start and the stop of the machine. So feel with your foot how much pressure you would have to um, press down. Again, try this without uh actually having your machine on and some people like to have it you know with their shoe on their shoe off depending on feeling it but it again it's it's how you become comfortable with it so from the power cord on the right side of the machine if you travel up towards the top staying on the right side there's a large hand wheel and all foam sewing machines the hand wheel turns in the same direction which is counterclockwise it runs towards you so as the machine is running you can feel it spinning towards you when you're ready to sew you would turn the hand wheel to get the needle down into the fabric first before you start a stitch. And this helps the thread to stay in the needle. If you didn't do that and you started the machine, it can pull the thread out of the needle and then you have to rethread it. So, turn the wheel towards you, you know, do a full circuit when you're starting. Now, some of the older machines have a second wheel inside of the large hand wheel. And that is the uh, bobbin winding release knob. And it's a knob that you would turn just like you would open a jar to the right or to the left. And what it does is it prevents the needle from moving up and down while you're winding the bobbin. So if you're trying to wind a bobbin and your machine does not work winding it, more than likely you have to release that um, second hand um, wheel, you know, inside the hand um, wheel. So you turn it one way to open it and the second way to close it. So think of opening a jar. So from there, Uh, any questions so far? Okay. So we'll go to the top of the machine right across the top of the machine so so right above the hand wheel on the right side there will be a short pin and that will be to wind your bobbin so right next to each other there will be a round piece that is you know flat and stationary and a short pin which you put the bobbin on and the bobbin is the smaller spool of thread that goes in the bottom of the machine so it's basically when you're sewing you have the top needle and then the bottom thread and if you want to match the thread you would take thread off of the spool and wind it onto the bobbin on that Um, piece on the top so that little pin you would take a small bobbin thread in a thread off of the big spool and it clicks over to the right or the left depending on your machine and it would fill with thread one of the things with machines is that When the bobbin is full, it stops. You don't ever have to worry about it getting overfilled. That it's a built in um, kind of safety feature where you can't overfill it because it does it automatically. It'll just, the machine will go, but the bobbin won't spin. It'll just stop. So, okay. Next to that, towards the back, so some sewing machines, their pins for the spool, which are the long um, pieces, some are metal and some are plastic, that stick up to hold your spool of thread. Some of the newer machines, the spool actually lays down uh, horizontally and other machines the spools go way in the back of the machine towards the back so depending on what kind of model you have you'll have to figure out whether your machine spool the spool stands straight up or lays down or goes towards the back and the way that thread is uh, you will know, put on the uh, spool pin makes a difference on your sewing. So check your manual because some machines want you to unwind going clockwise and some want you to unwind going um, counterclockwise. It helps to keep it from getting tangled. And if uh, most machines, if it's laying down, you would pull the thread going away from you. And if it's standing up, you would pull the thread going towards you. So I'll stop if there's any questions. No questions yet. Okay. So the more modern machines have a thread cap. And this is very helpful. They're small little disks that are usually plastic that come in uh, two sizes, usually for a smaller spool of thread or a larger spool. And these help keep the spools from popping off of the pin. So after you've put a spool of thread onto the pin, you want to put one of those caps on top of it. It's uh, it's very helpful if you're sewing a lot faster, it, it definitely helps keep, keep it from coming off. Um, some sewing machines come with a little felt piece as well. It's a round felt disc and it helps to um, keep your from spinning too much so it keeps it in place okay so let's travel towards the left of the machine from the uh the the spool pins and there is a little metal loop it's tiny some machines they're plastic most machines are metal And it's the first loop that you will put thread through. And it's kind of like a partial spring. So you can, instead of trying to find a hole, you can uh, uh, wind it a little bit um, through it. And what this is, is a thread guide. It helps to keep the thread straight when it's coming off of the spool. It also helps when you're winding the bobbin because you want the bobbin to be wound very tight and very fast. A lot of times when you're troubleshooting, the problem with machine threads getting so messed up is that the bobbin is not wound tightly. So this helps to keep the thread straight. From that part, if you travel towards the front of the machine down, now some machines have a groove, which the thread will travel inside of. The older machines don't have the groove, it just has a guide and it's like a little metal hook. So if your machine has a groove, you'll follow the furthest right groove and go straight down. The first loop you'll get to will be the tension. Again, some machines have a knob, some machines do not have a knob, um, and you won't even know that the tension is there. So if you travel down the furthest right, a groove, you'll come to the tension, you'll loop around the bottom, and then you'll go straight up to the top. When you get to the top, if you have a new machine, it's, it is another groove, and you will come to another loop, which is a small little lever, And that's the thread take up. What it does is this little um, piece moves the thread up and down from the tension control. So it kind of guides it. So you've gone down the right, loop the bottom, come back up to the thread control and then you're going to go down again. So it's like a a W, down one side to the right, always working to the left and down again. Any questions? No questions yet. Okay. So once you get to the bottom of the machine, which is just underneath that last uh, portion, either it's a groove. At the front of the machine, on the furthest left, there's a little hook. Again, some may be plastic, some may be metal. And this, again, is another thread guide. It is the last part, two parts, before you get to the actual needle. So what it does is it brings the thread very close to the machine so that it's a smoother transition to the needle. You'll follow the curve of the machine down towards the needle. There will be one loop very close to where the needle is. So there's a whole little mechanism that holds the needle and that also has a little which is kind of like a a hook a c hook or um, if you've ever you know worn a dress with a hook on the top of a zipper it's a little hook like that that kind of grabs the your thread so we'll stop there okay once you get to Underneath that, the last part of it is where your needle is. So sewing
0: needles,
2: they come in all different sizes and the needles are related to fabric. So determine what kind of fabric you're sewing will determine what kind of needle you want um some you know people use a universal needle their whole life they never change it uh, the the size um, because it just works and the way the needle the sewing needle system works is there are european numbers and uh, domestic numbers And the domestic number starts at eight and runs to 19. And the higher the number, the larger the needle. And so you think of if you're sewing something that is fine, that is a very light weight, you would use a lower number. And if you're sewing something heavier weight, you would use a higher number, such as if you were sewing denim or jeans or upholstery. So that's the easiest way when you see, for example, 70 slash 10. So 70 is the European number and 10 is the domestic number. So it's easy to remember the lower the number, the lighter the fabric. Most universal numbers, of sewing needles, and sewing machines are shipped with a uh, seventy-twelve or eighty-twelve. That's the most you know used um, you know, basic needle. So if you're sewing cotton, uh, if you know if you're doing just you know, very basic things. That would be the needle you can use. Any questions so far? Nothing yet. Okay. Um, one of the things with needles is that different fabrics, just like with, uh, you know, knitting, you're going to use either a sharp or a ballpoint. And if you're sewing woven fabrics such as cotton or linen, you want to use a pointed needle. And if you're sewing things such as knits or spandex, you would like to use a needle that is a rounded or ballpoint so they don't snag. And most sewing needles will last, about eight to ten hours total sewing time now the um standard is that the sewing needles are the top shank part is round in the front and flat in the back so it's kind of like um you know when you're changing the needle out it would fit into um into place only one way that's the uh, basic home home use needle so when you get a package of you know either Singer or Schick needles um, it'll say two ballpoint needles Uh, two sharp needles, two universal needles. Personally in order for me to keep them separate I will buy uh, one package of only one type so that I know which one I'm using and trade them out that way. I like to use a sharp needle because it seems that when I'm doing cottons and switching to elastic, I don't have to worry too much about uh, snagging on it. So, okay. To uh, change out needles, the sewing machines come with little kits, and these are very basic kits of tools such as different presser feet, um, uh, a little brush for brushing away lint, and, and a little screwdriver. And um, on the right side of the needle there's a screw that you would have to um, unscrew with the screwdriver. It's a tiny screwdriver. To change the needle out. Most of the time, when it comes from the manufacturer, it's very tight. But once you've done it a couple of times, it'll be easier to do. So I would, um, I would practice with it a couple times to uh, see how the needle fits in there and feel how. Um, it's, you know, like trying to get a square peg in a square uh, space. It's the same with this. There's a flat side and a rounded side. So try that a couple times. You would have to um, push the needle all the way up into um, the holder and then screw it tightly. So they do sell needles that have a on the side, which helps for threading. Uh, They are usually the universal size, which would be the 80-12 or 70-10. And they work well, but they do tend to pop out. The thread does tend to pop out you want to make sure if you do use that when you are sewing you want to pull the fabric when you're finished straight towards the back before cutting it and then it will come out of that little slit on the side. Some sewing machines come with what they call as self-threaders and there are two types of self-threaders. One, which is the the real automatic type where you do not have to do anything and it does it. But those are usually computerized machines. Other machines that you would purchase at a you know, retail store, um, what it is is you have to thread the... Uh, thread through uh, a little device that you would swing towards the needle to catch and thread for you. So I don't think it's quite automatic. It does assist, but I've used it both with and without sight. And my personal opinion is I don't like them. <laughs> so I can. Yeah, uh, you know if you I think if you try more or, or try you know to try on more you know YouTube videos or something, then there might be more information on how to do it for your particular machine. Um, but quite personally, I, I feel like using the the uh, needle that has the little slit in it is a lot more comfortable, especially for a beginner. Now um, below the needle there are there's the presser foot and the presser foot is the small part which is the feet that holds your fabric in place while you're sewing and just like needles, there are different kinds of feet. There are the metal ones that curve up, they have Teflon ones which slide, they have uh, rectangular plastic ones, um, also a automatic buttonhole ones. So again, it depends on your project. I personally like to use the rectangular uh, plastic ones, they're a little bit lighter than the metal ones and they're flat. But if you feel uncomfortable about getting your hand too close to the needle, use the metal one that has the slight curve up in the front because your finger will touch that first before you actually get to the needle any questions? Not yet. Okay. So with with the the feet, I know there were some people who had um, talked about tension. So I'm just going to make a little note on the tension with that that's related to the thread and the feet. When troubleshooting a sewing machine, The last thing you will ever do is modify the tension. The reason being is that most home sewers just for, you know, uh, home use are sewing fabrics that are not exceptionally light or exceptionally heavy. The example would be if you are doing a very uh, light chiffon or silk, then you would want to change to tension or very heavy, heavy fabric because the trouble with thread getting or fabric getting uh, wound up or... Um, fabric getting crumpled up is usually because it's threaded incorrectly or the bobbin is not wound tightly. Those are the two major things with sewing machines. So, uh, the tension is the last thing ever. So, that I can't emphasize that enough is the last thing you will ever touch or move Uh, most modern machines are automatic you don't even have to adjust them but if you do have an older machine like one of my favorite machines is you know 40 48 years old so it's pretty old I love it um it's just a knob but I think in the past year I haven't moved my tension once so try and and think of more of what you're sewing and adjust the needle, the thread, the fabric um, before we're doing that. Also the stitch length. So we'll get to that as well. So um, let me cover a little bit of that. So along the front on the right side of the machine, there are a couple of uh, either knobs or buttons and the newer machines have two. One would be for a straight stitch and the other would be for other stitches such as zigzag. So each turn of that front knob will determine how long your stitch will be for example if you're standing in place and you take a small step forward that would be a short little stitch a lower number but if you take a really big step that would be a higher number and a bigger stitch so that's just a straight stitch so if you try and remember that when you're sewing the different length they say length it is how many how many big steps or little steps are you taking forward so if you turn your knob to a three you're taking three steps forward in that space and the second knob on the newer machine some of the older ones do not include this so you have to again determine on your own machine will have specialty stitches and the most common would be a zigzag stitch so if you're standing in place and you step to the left and you step to the right and you step to the left and you step to the right it's the same thing so zigzag would be one step to the left one step to the right if your stitch length is very long then your steps to the right and the left would be wider but if it's on a lower number like a two the steps to the right and the left would be closer so they're related to each other if you're just doing a straight stitch then obviously the the zigzag wouldn't be affected Um, but if you want a big wide zigzag stitch then you would turn your higher uh, length to a larger number there are a lot of other different specialty stitches, depending on what you're doing. For example, the um, the edging stitch, or if you were making a buttonhole, um, there are different settings on different machines. I, I heard someone talk about someone, a husband, giving them a machine, and it sounds like it's a very basic machine, and that particular type of machine may have a minimal use of, of uh, stitches because it's a very beginner one but as you go up I think Kayla had a, a more heavy duty machine that it'll include more um, one of the things features that I like on newer machines is that some of them have speed control and. When I taught young students, to so all age students actually, um, some of the newer machines actually have a button that you can move to slow the machine down with other machines that do not have speed control that is controlled with your foot pedal. So practicing is really important because that will help you to be able to either get to corners and turn corners Um, all sewing machines have a reverse button now some you push some you push a switch down some it's a round button you push in Uh, you'll have to determine where on your machine it is and the reverse stitch is a locking stitch what it does is when you get to the end of a project or a certain seam and you want to make sure that your last couple of stitches do not unravel you will step back which is reverse a couple of stitches and then stitch forward and that's locking your stitches in place. So with the reverse, again, you will hold down that button or that switch. You now start your machine, step a couple stitches. When I sew a project, I like to start not at the edge but I start in maybe an inch turn my hand wheel and put the needle in and then reverse a couple of stitches before I sew forward and what it does is that holds that in place it holds it locks it in place any questions so far on were your reverses and different stitches? No questions so far. No questions. Okay, good. I hope I didn't lose anyone. <laughs> so far. So
3: good. far. Oh, I got a question. Let's see who this okay. is. Okay. Let's see. We have a question. Oh, let's see. Ah, Terry Nettles. You
1: may unmute. OK, to yes. OK, now you can hear me, right? Yes, ma'am. OK, thank you. Um, what number should we have the tension um, set at?
2: OK, so most machines, you want it at the middle. So I can't give you a number because each machine is different.
1: But if, if you're, you're like you're 1 able- to 10. Then you go to, to, to mm-hmm. like five right In right
2: you do want it at the middle if you feel that it's too tight start with a three or four okay. and then move up one at a time okay because it's better to have it a little loose than too tight
1: okay so start at three or four And then then gauge from there. And how am I going to know if it's too tight? It's going to be tight at the needle or where is it going to be tight? It'll be tight
2: in your stitches. So you would feel what you would do is you can sew um, uh, just sew two pieces of fabric together, take it off Mm -hmm. and pull them apart. Okay. And you can feel that some of them Um, Some of the seams come apart easier, some of them don't, some crinkle up. And also, use your hand wheel instead of using the power and turn it three or four times towards you to walk the stitch. Okay. Because then you don't have to worry about getting it all bunched up. And then you'll be able to judge because once you turn that hand wheel one or two times, You'll be able to feel that that thread is really tight. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome.
3: Uh, let's see. We have, uh, that's all. That's
2: all the questions right now. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, let's see. So let's talk about a couple of different types of fabric and thread to go with it. And also if there's anybody that wants anything specifically covered, please feel free to speak up. So I we make sure we address it. With thread, just like with fabric, there were a couple of different questions about how do I match it, how do I choose it. Actually, I Again. have a for you if that's okay. okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Cheryl.
3: Um, you may unmute. Cheryl. Matt, oh, hold on.
4: Um, you had the
2: wrong person.
3: Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I already. There we go. Allowed to talk. There you go. Try again, Michelle. Thank
4: you. Thank You. <laughs> the only thing I needed to do was it, raise my hand again. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, I was being freaky. I okay. um, I just wanted before you went on to fabric, I was didn't want to um in you know interfere, but I'm. And maybe you don't use this, but I forget the name of them, you know, the dental floss threaders that, you know, a lot of us were taught to use for hand sewing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big class. Plath- I keep one of those, I use that on a sewing machine. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but, and I have to make sure, it's, you know, I bring it to a point so it'll, and it goes through and I, then I just keep it taped one of them taped right on the machine so I can always grab it so I didn't know if that's something you suggested you know which suggest or not but I find that really easy to use I just wanted to hope you don't mind me putting that in there no absolutely
2: <laughs> I feel okay. that whatever you can adopt yeah to work for you
4: then use it because well um, yeah and I do I, have a question about about your, you know, you said you use the uh, automatic threader, automatic mm-hmm. needles a lot. Do you find that yes. they catch on fabrics at all?
2: No. Um, oh, okay.
4: Well, the, the ones that have the the
2: needles that have the slit in them or the actual... Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the needles that yeah. have the slit in them. Yes. I, I Personally, I don't like them. But I'll tell you what I do is uh-huh. I actually thread my needle first and then I put it in to oh, the holder
4: mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm.
2: I, I do that first because okay. I feel then I it's a little less awkward yeah. to get it in
4: mm-hmm. okay all right thank you I hope you don't mind awesome. thank you very much appreciate no. it thanks
2: There's one thing that I did forget and it is the thread cutter um sewing machines have a thread cutter on them. So if you place your hand on the right side of your sewing machine, some machines have them towards the back and some machines have them towards the front or middle. And it's a flat piece, uh, which you Will pull your thread through to cut. And one thing with the this is it's very useful. You don't have to look for uh, snippers. And when you use them, make sure you pull your fabric and thread a pretty nice length because it's. It tends to bounce back towards the needle and it can unthread the needle. So be careful when you're looking for it. Okay. The other lever that is related to the presser foot is the take-up lever. And this is the lever that's behind the machine. Some are metal and some are plastic. And that raises and lowers your presser foot. Again, when you are starting to sew, you want to position your fabric where you want to sew. Put your presser foot down. So use the lever, push it down. Turn your hand wheel till it goes all the way down for the first stitch into the fabric, and then start sewing. This is the easiest way to know that you've gotten your fabric in the right position, that you uh, your thread hasn't popped out of the needle. It's one of the most common things is when you have your needle up and you start a stitch. When it turns, again it'll, you know, the thread will pop out of it. So turn your hand wheel once and get your needle in, start stitching. This is usually the part where I do uh, two stitches in reverse and then stitch forward to lock my stitch. Oh. Okay. Now I'll move on to thread and fabric. And they're very related to each other. Most common thread is a uh, type of mercerized thread. And what mercerized thread is, it's a cotton spun with cotton over it. This is a pretty strong type of thread. There are other types that are blended which are synthetic and cotton together. But what happens is that they tend to um, break down over time more quickly. So in general, I like to use uh, the mercerized thread. Um, And they come in a variety of colors which helped with your sewing Um, for matching colors personally what i like to do is i will just choose whatever i feel is the dominant color and i use uh, i use different software and different apps to help me choose it or have some help with a friend In that respect, but in general, um, I try to keep to neutral because it's more universal. So if I have a light pink uh, project, I won't try and use a pink. What I'll do is I'll use a very um, light beige or um, an echo color, something that is neutral because I can get more use out of that particular thread. Um, With the fabrics, the woven fabrics such as cottons and linens are the easiest fabrics to start sewing with. The only part uh, with sewing cottons are that it does fray after you wash it. But it is good for practicing different stitches, such as straight stitch or zigzag stitch, because it's a very forgiving fabric. And um, one of the first projects that I, you know, when I taught kids was a small little square drawstring backpack. And it was just two rectangular pieces of cotton fabric and some rat tail string, and that was it. And within you know two hours, they were done. So um, choose a fabric that is easy to work with more than what your end project will be until you're actually comfortable with it it's the same thing with needles is that start with the universal needle a lot of times it's the needle that came with the machine use the universal needle because it will basically cover whatever project you're working on i've had some people um, ask a couple questions about quilting and i and not a huge culture so i don't have a lot of experience with it i've only um had you know through friends to it but if you have specific questions i can help research some of that we actually have a just, question in general yeah, okay all
3: right jane you may unmute jane there we go.
2: I'm, I'm not used to these webinars. Um, anyway, question about the different kinds of needles. Um, the universal ones, are they sharp pointed or are they ballpoint ones? Um, oh the universal okay. needles um, can be both. You can get them oh. where they're sharp or you can get them for ballpoint. It's um, basically uh, the, the, the size of the shank and right. the needle more okay. than the tip of them. So if you need a universal needle for, um, sewing knits, then find one that is uh, ball pointed. Well, I'm just using the one that came with my machine. I think it's a sharp pointed one. I don't know what the okay. size is, but it's, it's, it, it, it needs yeah. to be working for whatever I need to use. yeah if it came with your machine more than likely it's a universal one yeah um most manufacturers will send you that Mm -hmm. but but singer is a really nice company to deal with you can call them on the phone and they're really helpful yes yep Uh, i i found that my i have um, i'm probably in my third generation of computerized singer machine and I had a lot of support, <laughs> so I agree, yeah.
4: Yeah, they're, they're nice people. Thank oh, you. Good.
2: good to hear. No more questions. Okay. One of the things I'd like to say also is that um, a sewing machine is a machine and it's really important to maintain that machine in the way that you would anything else that is electronic. And the reason I say this is because many videos on YouTube that I hear, when I hear the sewing machine, I can tell they have not been serviced. And I say this because oil and lubrication on a machine is very important. So, if you've had a sewing machine sitting somewhere for, you know, in a box for years, find someone who can give it a tune-up before you use it. And it will make a significant difference in your sewing. They will calibrate the timing of the needle with the bobbin and um it will also to make sure that if yours has a belt that it it runs smoothly and also oiling it i mean that's something that is so important especially if you live in an area that you know it's really dry or if it's really wet which is basically everywhere everybody has got a, you know all of that in between so um you know just just if you can once a year find someone or something to do to give it a tune up because you'll get so much more life out of it, and it will make a difference in your sewing it 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 definitely will so um, that's good um one of the other parts that I didn't cover on this was the uh the bobbin. So I talked about the thread and the bobbin and winding the bobbin. So most uh, sewing machines, there are three different types and sizes of bobbins. Uh, certain manufacturers have ones that will uh, you can use, you know, universally, and other ones have ones that are are proprietary. So you'll have to make sure which one goes to your machine. The older machines have a small round metal bobbin that have a lot of holes in them across the top and the bottom. The wheel has tons of holes and the newer machines are plastic bobbins, little round ones. Some are flat and bigger and and some are taller and more stubby. So uh, with winding the bobbin, you have to put the um, edge of the thread through one of the holes in the bobbin from the center. And this can be tricky. So I know there are different ways. Some people use a a needle threader. Um, Some people use, I think the toothpick will probably work with that as well. And it goes in from the center core. So you put the thread in from the center core and it goes up through the hole in the bobbin. Then you would place the bobbin onto the winder and hold that tail of thread up out of the bobbin. So this can be a little confusing. So you'll have to practice this a couple of times. When you're winding the bobbin, um, most bobbin winders, the uh, pin will slide from the left to the right. It's like an open and closed position, so it'll snap into place. And you will hold that thread straight up while the bobbin is on the pin. And then close the winder. So it will either click to the right or left, depending on your machine. And then start the machine with your pedal and wind the thread. So you want to hold that tail straight up until you've gotten quite a bit wound around, you know, onto the bobbin. Once you've gotten some wound on to the bobbin you can trim that tail off and this does take a little bit of practice so you'll have to pay attention to make sure it doesn't wind below the bobbin or loose so just stop every so often feel the thread that's going around the bobbin to see if it's tight. You can feel if it's bumpy, if it's too loose, if it's crooked, like if it's uh, winding in only one place, then um, you should restart it. So take off, you can just cut off the thread and start fresh because you wanted an even uniform wind. It'll affect your stitching. Um, What I do is I have little bins that i keep my thread and bobbins together and um, each little segment will already have a bobbin wound with the thread so when i buy a spool i'll wind one on there so i have it together and this kind of saves you the trouble when you're um you know, starting a project, you already have the two of them kind of paired together. Uh, um, one of the best places, and this kind of funny, is that um, Harbor Freight actually has tons of storage bins which fit threads and one spool of bobbin uh, next a thread spools and bobbin next to each other in the holder, and it's. Probably some of the best organized, you know, ways to organize my thread, where I keep one, you know, one tray of just, you know, red and one tray of just blue and one tray of, you know, uh, beige or white, and it it seems to be easier to keep yourself organized because you already have the bobbins and that. Um, that's just a suggestion. They also the uh the slots are adjustable so you can lay different sides fold of thread in there Um, different sewing machines load bobbins differently so some machines lay down flat horizontally some stand up vertically and some require a casing so again if you have to determine what type of machine you have to determine how you thread your bobbin and again uh, most machines the bobbin runs counterclockwise but again it's your machine you have to either check your manual or see because this is a common mistake is that it's either going in the wrong direction or threaded incorrectly the older machines have cases which you remove it's a little metal case in which you put the bobbin inside of it you thread it into it and put it back in and newer machines, if they're on the top, you load it up from the top of the machine um, near where it's the the um, plate where your um, presser foot is. And that just lays horizontally, it goes directly into that. So any questions so far?
3: yes we do have a question let me get to that. we have a question from uh
4: cheryl cheryl you may speak thank you you said that you're on your third digital i was the digitals uh I turn on my voice. The when are the digital? uh, I'm I'm uh, they're still tactile, they still have knobs. How does the what's the difference? Um, because I've been afraid of digital thinking, well, everything's going to be digital and then there won't be any uh knobs or things like right now. Are you talking when you're describing things to all of us? Mm -hmm. Are you are you using a digital? machine
2: right now
4: no like right now if, oh, okay. so so i'll give so you how, how, i'll give you a little okay.
2: background on it so this this will give you if you, don't, if you of, don't mind yeah, yeah. no it's okay. fine All right. this this will clarify it so i had vision for most of my life and yeah. so i've used a lot of machines and the most recent one was an electronic it was a digital machine that um, basically, you punched in different uh, numbers for different um, stitches. And I basically learned that okay, when right. I lost my eyesight. You got
3: changed, right? Um, I switched
4: over. Yeah. Yeah, that so. right. mm-hmm. Say that again. I just lost... I didn't hear you on that last sentence. So
2: the, the, at the same time, I always used other machines, which the uh, Kenmore machine that I have, it's an old machine from Sears from the 80s is, um, is entirely tactile and it's probably, it's one of my favorites. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I use both, but I do prefer just for basic sewing the, the old little Kenmore one Mm -hmm. that I have now, a lot of discussion has been about the heavy-duty machine from, the, from Singer that people get from Joanne. And it's basically the same in that way where there are knobs to turn mm. and, again, very tactile. So right now, what I'm describing is the older Kenmore machine, but it is mm. very similar to the, that Singer machine, which a lot of people have right now. Um, or looking towards because it seems that that has kind of been um, uh, the choice for most people. I do have like other suggestions that are more expensive, but I, I think it depends on how much you want to invest on a machine and that are tax- that that definitely can be used in this way. Um, and with referencing the manual, that's the biggest thing is that, is that I have PDFs of the manuals. And if I want to um, sew a particular type of fabric, it'll say, use a eighty twelve needle. And so it'll tell me specifically in that manual and it'll say, set your stitch to three with a width of four. So that it's very helpful um, to use the manual because they have the suggested uh, uses for different things. So uh, I think that if you are looking to do a project that that is kind of, you know, that would be, you know, that needs reference, go straight to the manual. Or if there's some question about uh, what what zigzag do I need or what stitch or how do I do a buttonhole? Um, go to the manual. And that to me is like what it's you know what the reference is for because it's specific to your machine. Sharon, I have two more hands for you. Okay.
3: Alrighty we have A uh, area code two one five you may now speak.
4: Hi, this is Karen. Um, I remember when I did use to sew, um,
2: I had a lot of trouble with the bobbins. Not always, but mm-hmm. a lot of times I would have trouble with them threading unevenly or being too loose or just uneven, you know, lumpy at the top. And then,
4: mm-hmm. like,
2: what causes that? I remember when my mom used to sew, I remember, I guess she was having trouble with it too because she would put her hand, you know, gently on the thread
4: mm-hmm. to help
2: it stay even but it was such an issue like and I I just didn't
4: know what to do about that
2: (laughs) so there's a couple of steps you can do to to help keep it um straight and one of the things is to make sure that your spool is either going clockwise or counterclockwise depending on it so if it's standing straight up like if your pin is your spool is is uh, vertical then you want the, the thread to turn going clockwise but if it's laying down you want the thread to go away from you the second part is make sure you have a cap on it. So if you have a cap to hold that spool down, then um, use it because it keeps it in place from bouncing around or you you mm-hmm. really want it to be tight. The other I've part- never, is, I, I never used mm-hmm. the cap. I had caps. I never used them. I do not know yeah, what it Yeah, use for. the cap. It's very, very important because it keeps that, in place um and just you know push it down and and keep that little cap on the other thing is that there's a a thread guide and that's a little piece that sticks up so going to the left away from the spool and you thread it through that little thread guide Some of them are towards the front of machine. Some of them are towards the back. It's like a little loop or um, some of them are flat disc. Again, it depends on your machine. You want to make sure you put the thread around that thread guide first before you put it through the bobbin. The second part, uh, the third part of it is when you are putting the thread through the bobbin it is holding that nice long tail at least you know two or three inches straight up away from the bobbin and you want your machine to go fast so as Mm -hmm. fast as you can so you start it going a couple of times you can trim that little tail of thread and then spin it quickly. But if you feel that it's, if it's not um, spinning, then check to make sure that you've moved that uh, the bobbin winder to the right or the left because there's a guide there that's like an automatic step. But a lot of it has to do with, it's not um, that the thread coming off of the spool to the bobbin is loose it's not it's not nice and tight because with it going through that thread guide it'll guide it and it'll actually go up and down it'll wind it up and down on its own but if it doesn't do that it means that somewhere along the lines it's too loose or if it you know it's not um, pushed all the way over to the thread guide you have to them trying to work with that so okay So i'm sorry so you said the thread is up it should be going clockwise if it's laying down it should be going counterclockwise right if it's if it's um if it's standing up you want it to go clockwise toward you want to pull the thread towards you to the thread guide and if it's laying down, you want it to go the opposite way, away from you, towards it. But again, check your manual. Oh, if you're okay. able to get the manual, because the manufacturer will always recommend which way to go. It's if there's okay. so many, you know, different types of ways to to thread a machine, and it's very specific to your particular <laughs> machine. Because it sounds like that the bobbin is, it's just not getting wound tightly. Okay. Yep. Thank you. You're
3: welcome. And our next uh, question, uh, Terry Nettles.
1: Hi again. Um, I've actually, now I've got two questions. <laughs> so the okay. first one was regarding the bobbin, um, that little, that little hole. Um, yeah. How do you actually get it? I mean, I understand the concept. You're going in between mm-hmm. the, two, the 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 top and the bottom of the, of the bobbin. Toward, you know, you got mm-hmm. to go in, in between there and you have to bring it out. But how do you do that? Because if I feel like my fingers are too big to, to try to navigate it or whatever. So what is a way, what is a good way to get that up through there? That's my first okay. question.
2: So what I use is that I actually use, you know how you have a hand sewing kit. They have little tiny kits that come with a needle, some thread, and a little metal threader.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's a tiny flat piece, and I actually use that okay. because it's flexible. So what okay. I do is I push that piece toward into the middle, and kind of you know push my finger underneath it because it's it's a little wire.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and thread that through that. It is a little tricky.
1: Okay, but so then you put it through that, that loop and then you pull it through, right?
2: And you pull it through and it pulls okay. it up because that's the most flexible thing that I've ever used to thread. And I feel like it's, you know, it is very awkward. It really is awkward. And I'm sure someone has come up with some better way to do it. Um, for now this is kind of the way that I've I've done it is that to me is probably my favorite there are other needle threaders out there but I think that this is the most flexible for that tiny little center of the you know bobbin spool Mm
4: -hmm.
1: okay good thank you I'll try that and then the other Mm -hmm. the other thing is, is as you were talking about the thread and how it comes off I was looking at my machine I have a a singer 40 I think it's 4423 or 4523 I don't remember but Jane mm-hmm. and I have the same machine. Um, it has actually two two options. It's got the for for your thread. It's got the post that you can put in to go on the top like what you were saying mm-hmm. which is typically how I tend to do mine and then it has the other one that makes it so that it's lying down. So but okay. when it's on the top for some reason I don't know if it's the type of th- of spool that I have but my spool looks like okay the underneath part is indented. And then the top part is what has that paper label on it. Mm -hmm. And so when you put it on so that the uh, paper label is on the top, Mm -hmm. the thread is coming off to the left of the spool, which makes it going around counterclockwise rather than clockwise. So I'm wondering uh, is this, um, what kind of thread, like which manufacturer is it, do you know? I think, I think this one might be, um, mm, gosh, I don't know if this, is, oh my gosh, it's a, oh Lord, you know what, Jane might remember the name of it, can, if Jane, if Jane uh, remembers, can you raise your hand so that Donna can <laughs> tell you, it's the kind <laughs> that, it's that really good kind that, she, that, uh, that this woman told us to get. Oh
2: my gosh. Okay, so what I'm going to say is generally that type of thread you want to lay
1: down. Okay. Lay Just, it down have it so the thread yeah. is coming from which direction? Oh, oh it'll come from the so back to the front? Or if, no? Yeah, if
2: you're, if, if you're laying that thread down,
1: huh? make sure you
2: still use a cap. Use a small cap.
1: Okay. And then you
2: want to pull the thread away from you. Okay, and then thread it through the um, thread guide. Okay,
1: so, so that it's going and it back. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
2: you want it to go away from you and then pull it toward.
1: Okay. This, yeah, it sounds like that's the type of spool that is not meant to stand up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I forgot the name of the thread. It's a. Oh well. <laughs> it's not coats. It's. It's not coats. Um hearts What is it called? I think it might. St- Does it start with an A? Maybe. I don't know. Can you tell us a couple of names of some really good threads, and I can. I <laughs> don't know. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, but you can try and just put a hole through the label and turn it over. But I think well, laying that's an it idea. down will probably solve your problem.
1: Okay, and so have it so that it's it's going off to the back of the machine. Yes. Okay. I just did it. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> All right, there. Are, uh, we have another hand, uh, Irene. You may speak, Irene. Yes, I think the thread you might be talking about is Gooderman. Does that sound familiar? Oh, she's uh, muted now. She won't be able to answer
2: back. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's men. Gooder gooder men. men. are really good, but they're thin, they're thin, tall spools. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, and those are, those are generally better. I feel that uh, measuring has always been uh, one of the problems with, uh, you know, having low vision. And I find that the easiest way that I've um, come up with is i have a yardstick and i also have a a ruler 12 inch ruler and of course these are more for if you're doing straight you can use a dressmaker's um, a measuring tape which is more flexible but once you get this particular um measuring, uh, you know, adaptive measuring style down, then you can use it for anything. So I started with a yardstick, but you can use a, a, you know, one foot ruler, 12 inches, and either a thin piece of ribbon. Um, It works with dental floss as well something that is flexible enough and that you can have a nice length of. So what I did is I measured out one yard and um, tied a, a small knot. And then at intervals of you know one foot, I put another knot in the ribbon. And so I just moved it along the, uh, the one foot you know, ruler along so that there were you know three knots, one at each foot, and then folded the ribbon from the knot to knot into half and quarter. So basically that would give you six inches and then it would break it down into other increments of if you needed two inches, just by folding the ribbon or the, um, you know, the floss, whatever you're using, into a smaller piece, that would give you um, kind of an estimate of what is what would be two inches. So that in the end, you would have a long piece of ribbon with a whole bunch of knots but you can feel along um I would just I taped it to a table and I could feel where the first knot was to get me to four inches, eight inches, you know, twelve inches, that would give me a foot and just move it along with that because I knew that in increments, if I knew where four inches was, then I just get half of that and I could put another knot and have two inches. So it's it doesn't do the really fine um, measurements, such as seam allowances as 5 uh, but it does give you a guide for if something like, for example, I made a you know, little fleece sleeve for my cane, And it was, you know, 18 by 12. So it was pretty easy to measure out 18 inches by 12 inches, a nice rectangle, because I already had, you know, I had those markings. Um, With the sewing machine, when I need a guide for sewing a seam allowance, and most projects will recommend a, a certain seam allowance other 5/8 or 1 half of an inch that's the the general um generous seam allowance so what it does is it it allows you to um not worry too much if you are not exactly straight so between the five eighths and the one half and i take a really wide piece of of um, elastic and tie it around the arm the bottom part of your machine and it can slide back and forth as a guide for sewing uh you know sewing a line and the most presser foot. Um, if you follow the edge of the presser foot, just where that you know, once you you put it down, um, that's about three 8 So if you need to have the um, seam allowance exact, you'll have to measure out from the needle to your five eighths, but. If you're just estimating um, enough space, like a half of an inch, then move it just slightly away from your presser foot and, and the, um, the elastic will stay in place while you're sewing and be a nice, easy guide. So I use the elastic that's one inch wide, that's non-slip because they have ridges in them. They are very easy to work with and stays in place. It's, it's um, put up with a lot of you know, a lot of sewing and not really move too much. Um, that's kind of how I adapted the uh, measuring for a guide for a seam guide. Um, if you are uh, afraid of your fingers getting too close, you can use a piece of tape, such as a painter's tape or a tape of um, electrical tape. So they are um, easy to remove. And what you would do is put a piece of tape across the uh, front of your presser foot. So that it's as you're sewing you would have a cross on the right side where the tape crosses your um, your your uh, elastic guide, and as you're sewing you can feel with your hand once you've touched the tape you're getting close so that gives you at least three fourths of an inch an inch before you get to the needle um, to stop or slow down. One thing I'm going to recommend that when you are learning to sew, don't thread your machine. Start with learning to control the speed of your machine and sew with, a piece of paper. So take just a piece of copy paper and practice turning the hand wheel to put the needle down. Um, get in the habit of putting down the presser foot because that's something a lot of times that's forgotten is to put the presser foot down to hold it and then also to guide it so that you can control as you get closer to the edge of the paper when to reverse and try a couple stitches to basically lock your stitch. Just don't worry about trying to thread your machine because you want to be able to control your machine first. Get to know the different parts. Also turn the wheel and try different stitches on the paper because then you can feel how wide the stitches are because you're poking holes in it and can feel okay well I turned it three clicks and this is how wide or how long this the stitch length of the stitch weight no you know width also it'll kind of give you some idea of what kind of stitch it's sewing, other than just the zigzag. Um, practice with paper and no spread That to me is the easiest way to become familiar with with your machine. And also, if you are, you know, if you do know how to sew, but you're getting frustrated with, you know, thread getting caught, try the same thing with the machine. Try with the paper. Try, you know, fold some. Fold it up into an accordion, unfold it, and follow the lines in the paper to see how straight you can sew. Just following the um, the valleys in the paper, and that will really help get you to feel, you know, the the guide of what you need to do. Because most of the time you don't have to move your fabric to the right or the left too much and you should never pull it or push it it is basically let the machine do the work let it go and what you're doing is you're just guiding the way that you want the stitch to go so it's to so prepare you for actually doing fabric, and it, it's don't be afraid. That's my best advice is don't be afraid. So we have any questions?
3: No questions so far.
2: Okay, good. So the one for the first project that I can suggest is a, I was uh, thinking of you can do either a um, sleeve for your cane or you can do a little fleece pillow. And fleece is a very forgiving fabric, both with, um, you know, fraying because it doesn't fray, and um, trying out different stitches. And there are a couple of different types of of fleece, so make sure you get the one that does not um, doesn't pull. They have the blizzard fleece and the anti-pill one, so. Um, Just cut a square, basically cut a square, cut a rectangle, cut something that that you can follow along the edge. And the first thing you want to do once you've practiced with the the, um, paper and have threaded is to just do a straight stitch on the edge of the fabric. Um, If you don't have fleece, use cotton. quilter's cotton or something that is a that is woven is the most forgiving when you're turning a corner which is uh, something that is a little more um, you know more complicated is when you get close to the end and you if you want to lock your stitch so it's like you go forward you reverse a couple stitches you would turn your wheel for your needle to be all the way down into the fabric. You lift up the presser foot, turn the corner, put the presser foot down, and stitch straight. Now, if you're not comfortable with turning corners, just sew to the end. Take it off, trim your thread, and start fresh. Um, If you're going to pin fabric with a straight pin, don't sew over your pins. And the easiest way to pin it is so that the ball point or the point of the pin is uh, horizontal, it's to the left and the right. Instead of, um, you want the, the the ball point of the pin, the, the ball point, what you, you, you know, not the sharp point, sticking off of the fabric. So, for example, uh, you want to sew a, a pillow and you have two pieces of fabric, pin it from the right to the left, not straight up and down. So as you come to the pin, remove the pin with your hand, your right hand. Pull it out pin, pull the pin. That's one of the things that can break your needle is sewing over the pin. So try and try and do it that way horizontally instead of straight because I think that it's it's easier for you to remove remove it if the, the balls are sticking on the outside instead of trying to find it you know, hidden in the fabric. Um, okay. Anyone else have any other questions? No questions right now. Mm-hmm.
3: Got to break 12 minutes. So,
2: Okay, so I do have questions for anyone else that I know we've had some other discussion about more specific questions and more specific things. Would anyone be interested in actually doing a project? Would you like? I would.
3: Yeah, hold up your hands if you want to answer her questions. Mm -hmm. That way I can see you. So we have one hand, two, we have a couple (laughs) hands.
2: Okay, good. So um, there's two types. We can do a decorative project or we can do a practical project. So one would be either, you know, a little uh, bag, a square bag, or we could do a square pillow. Because I think that starting with, Square things are very
0: easy to do. I would prefer the bag, but I'm more practical, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm definitely about storage. Um,
2: I'll also make a note that I'm going, I'll, I'll forward a list. I have a list of a bunch of links that I found online that are different websites which are that have information about choosing a needle the size the anatomy of a sewing machine they're all very basic and again just you know if you can go through your manual go through your manual Um, or find someone who has the same machine as you And kind of bump along between the two of you because I always feel like if if you've encountered a problem someone else has encountered it that it's definitely you know it's definitely something with discussing the problems that that you had. Um, I think i'll i'll write up a little tutorial for the bag, and would we like to to just do instructions.
0: um so I would like to schedule a class with you and then we can get it out to the list I think would be fun okay okay that'll be fun yeah so we'll I'll get that. with you and, and we'll get you something on the schedule for uh sewing class
2: oh cool. I'm works excited so. I also would like if there are more like if you encounter more problems like if you tried to wind the bobbin and it's still not working please reach out because I want to, you know, kind of troubleshoot this some more and get it so that it's working because it's, you know, there's there's so many little things that it can be, that can make a difference. And, and just finding out exactly what it is will be the aha moment of, oh, I'm so happy this works now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, kind of that basis,
2: would be awesome. We would have, yeah, I'd love it to come down to. Um, and I know that I would like to hear feedback. on the, You know, I've tried, like you tried to thread your machine and what did you encounter? And, um, you know, if you're looking for a machine or that, that I'd, I'd be very happy to give a little bit more guidance.
0: And we do have the sewing Google group. So if you are not on that list and you would like to be, just send me an email to acbcrafters at gmail.com and just let me know you want to be added to the sewing list. Mm-hmm. And um, so then all this information, because um, if I might, someone else might have the same question I have. So it might, you know, I might be able to learn that information as well. So again, if you would right. like to add you to that list, it's Um, just send me an email to acbcrafters at gmail.com and um, it should be on the that information is also on the um the the where you went to get into the zoom meeting so right above it has the email address there as well so and then we can get that listserv going and have a little more uh traffic on it to get some information so i'm very excited so Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for you. coming and talking to us today. I learned a ton. Thank so you. Good. I'm glad. I, I know it's a lot of
2: information, but it's as you become more familiar with it, it'll become easier. Just like I said, just, just try it out. That's to me, the biggest thing is just keep trying out different things and, you know, don't be afraid. It's, it's there, you know, just, take your time. Don't be afraid of it. And and again, just, you know, reach out. There's always, there's always someone who will know what to do or who've already encountered this problem or, you know, whatever bump you and you know, come up again. So I, I feel that, that this happens pretty often to me as well. I find mistakes in, in instructions and get totally confused on what am I supposed
0: to do now? And I loved your tip about practicing with just a piece of paper. I wouldn't have even thought to do that.
3: Yeah, me yeah, either. I'd, I like that yeah. too because I'm learn mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to sew and I have a friend who sews with me. And um, I've been trying to think of a way to, to help her teach me how to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And um, hearing this class kind of gave me some ideas. I should have I wished I'd given her the link so she could have listened in on this. Um, mm-hmm. but we sew together all the time. She sets me up, she lets me run the machine, but the, the control practice is a good idea because that's where I have problems and you know, I don't know how to do this stuff before she sets everything up, she just sets me down, I put my foot on the thing and, and she sits near in case I get out of control, but she helps me because <laughs> all that stuff. So this was so right.
0: cool. but that was yeah, a great good. idea the paper also yeah. like if you're trying out a new stitch it sounds like you'd actually be able to feel where the holes are so it, what it would look like you'd be able to feel it exactly and i so.
2: feel like for me what it does is it helps me determine the size that i want because if i'm sewing an edge like i use zigzag stitches on the edge of fabric to keep it from fraying and that's just a finishing stitch but you don't want to stitch it so it's over, you know, it's overshooting the fabric. And so by testing it out on a piece of uh, paper, I can kind of determine, well, I think this is a little bit too wide or this one's a little too thin. It really does help. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I taught my students for years and years, you know, five and a half year olds all the way up to, you know, 90 year olds, that everybody started off with the paper. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Good, very good.
3: Well, because, I look because at first this started.
2: This again.
3: Because at first for me this sounded like Greek, and then I started listening, and I recognized a few words. And then when you tell me, you know, as you got into more and more, it's like okay,
4: that's <laughs> <was> very good. <laughs>
2: yeah and it just again it becomes more familiar as you you know go along with it and again it's just like well what's this thing you know what's that thing and just kind of turn the knob and push the button and <laughs> see what
0: happens so awesome well thank you again so much um I think we're about to time
3: okay great yep yep we have well, four minutes from you.
0: it thank you so unless there's please any join other. Us again and if mm-hmm. so. Yeah, please join us again. We'll I'll get with um Sharon. We'll get something on the schedule. So um for a class. So I'm excited for that. Um and I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year because this will be our last class of 2020. Um Our next Mm. Sunday class will be an origami class. So I think that's the third. So, yep. Fine. So so that's kind of what we have going on. And so happy new year to everybody. And we'll see you next year, unless we see you on another call. (laughs) Okay, good. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Sharon. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Happy new year. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of ACB Crafters. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We can be found on Facebook at ACB Crafters. If you would like to subscribe to our listserv, please send an email to acb-crafters-subscribe at acblist.org. If you have any topics you would like for us to cover or suggestions, please send us an email at acbcrafters at gmail.com.